Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you and I want to say that anytime you spend time praying and talking to God, He also speaks back to you. Anytime you spend time praying, talking to God about your life, and it's very important to always respond to the prompting of the Spirit to spend time to talk to God about your life, talk to God about specific issues in your life. I want everybody to know that everything you have put before God, God is going to answer it. And most of the time, He answers your prayer by giving you a substance for your faith. And sometimes there are different ways God answers prayer. Sometimes when you pray to God, He responds by giving you a miracle instantly. Some of the issues of our life require direct intervention. So he will answer by giving you a miracle. Sometimes when you pray to God, he will grant you favor. And that favor will cause certain people to do for you exactly what you have talked to God about. Favor is when you didn't tell somebody something and God uses the person to do the thing for you. Exactly the way you ask God to do it. And I pray that this year may the Lord grant you favor. Oh, the, the amen is, uh, if I had said, may the Lord give you money, the amen would have been very big, because you don't know that favor is greater than money. I, I said, may the Lord grant you favor this year, in, in the name of Jesus. So sometimes when you pray to God, you won't see a direct miracle, but you receive an unusual favor that will cause some doors to open for you in strategic places that brings in the supernatural provision. Sometimes also when you pray to God, God won't give you a miracle instantly, but he will give you direction. For instance, Jesus said to Peter, go out there, launch out into the deep, throw your nets, you get a catch. The miracle was in the instruction, in the direction. Sometimes when you pray to God after a long fast like this, God will give you some ideas and give you some instructions. Sometimes this instruction will mean stop doing certain things that are hindering your breakthrough. Uh, this instruction could be change your behavior. Sometimes the hindrance to your miracle is your behavior. And sometimes there are things you do that nobody can tell you to stop unless God himself comes to tell you, hey, stop that. Yeah, sometimes the miracle is in a change of behavior. Sometimes a change of attitude, change of thinking. Sometimes the miracle is in obeying the instruction of God to just stop going to certain places you've been going, which you didn't know is destroying you, or to stop working with certain people you work with that you never know are hindering your blessing. The direction of God can come in many, many different ways. The Bible said in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 6, Elijah was a prophet, great man of God, but in the time of famine, God sustained him by two miracles. The first miracle was God caused ravens to bring him food twice a day. And he was drinking water by a certain brook called the brook, the Cherit Brook. Then one day, Elijah woke up and the brook was dried and the raven didn't come. <laughs> and God said to Elijah, get up and go to Zarephath. I've commanded a widow to sustain you. That was direction. Sometimes God answers our prayer by giving us direction, giving us instruction and speaking. That's why every child of God must know how to hear God's voice. Amen. Yeah, because God will not do much in your life without speaking to you about it. Isaiah 42, verse 8, he said, The former things have come to pass, 
He said, I am the Lord, that is my name. And my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. God said he doesn't want his glory to be shared by anybody, especially idols. And an idol today is not always an image that they use clay to mold that people are bowing down to. An idol is anything that takes the place of God in your heart is your idol. Anything that takes the place of God in your heart, anything that comes before God in your life is your idol. And for some of us, our idol is human beings. Some of us, some people are more important to us than God. God said, I will not give my glory to anybody, nor my praise to carve images. Then look at verse 9. So he said, in order to prevent my glory from going to anybody, this is what I do. He said, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. So God is always declaring new things. A new thing is something that you have never experienced before. If you have experienced it, it's no more a new thing in your life. It may be new in somebody else's life, but it may not be new in your life. So God always wants to do something new in your life. Let me write down and say, Lord, do something new in my life today. I want you to understand that every day you wake up, there is still something new God wants to do in your life. Every day of your life is an opportunity to experience something new from God. In fact, the Bible says that when we wake up in the morning, one of the things we benefit from God is the newness of his mercy. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Every morning of your life, you enjoy new mercies because God doesn't always want to get stuck with the old. That is why people are very traditional. They miss God. Because God is not always in the old. He is always in the new. He is always doing something new. You cannot hold on to what God has done yesterday. You cease from making progress. Some people are not making progress anymore in their life because they are stuck to what God did. And they have stopped looking to what God is yet to do. But this morning, I came to tell you that God has something more he wants to do in your life. God has something new he wants to do in your life. He said, new things I what? Declare. I thought he was going to say new things I perform. But he said, new things I declare. Before God would do a new thing in your life, he will, he will first declare it. When he declares it, then he will follow up to perform it. Look at it. He said, before they spring forth, I tell you of them. The former things have come to pass. And new things I declare before they spring forth. Before they happen, I want to tell you about it. Why? So that when it happens, you will know it's God. That's all. God just wants you to know he's the one still sustaining you and doing all the things he's doing in your life. God just wants you to know that every detail of your life is not an accident. Yeah. So if you want to do anything new in your life, he will tell you. And there are there are many different ways he, he speaks to us. By now, we all know that. But it's very important for us to understand that in response to our prayer, God will always speak to us. When we pray, we talk to God. And when we talk to God, he talks back to us. There are seven different ways God speaks to us. I've taught this before. Seven levels of the prophetic. The first one is seeing into the spirit. The second is hearing the voice of God. I hope you have not forgotten this already. The first one is seeing into the spirit. The second is hearing 
the voice of God. The third way God speaks to us is discerning the leading of the Spirit. The fourth is the gift of prophecy. The fifth is the prophetic anointing. The sixth is the office of the prophet. And the seventh is the prophecy of Scripture. Some way, somehow, God will speak to everybody from one of these seven ways. And the important thing I want to say today is that everything God says, he performs. Everything God says, he performs. But he won't do anything unless he first speak it. You know, in the Old Testament, there was only one way God spoke to the Israelites. It was through the office of the prophet. Only one way in the Old Testament. So in the book of Amos 3, 7, this is what the Bible said about the life of the Israelites in the Old Testament. It says, surely, look at it, the Lord God does what? Nothing. Unless he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. Think about this. He said that surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. So in the Old Testament, the Bible says that unless a prophet speaks, God doesn't work. Yeah, God trapped his potential and power to the mouth of a human being. But thank God in the New Testament, we have more than one way God speaks. Seven different ways. But what God speaks, it comes to pass. You know, many people have asked me, Pastor, um, I had a prophecy and it didn't, I, I, I've not seen it happen up to now. Or maybe it was not a prophecy. Maybe God spoke something to you personally, but you haven't seen it up to now. Many people have questions about why certain things they've heard has not happened. Now, I want to say that you heard a prophecy and it doesn't happen. It hasn't happened. There's no mean God is a liar. Because there are many people around you who have heard prophecy and it has happened. There are many people around you who have heard things that God spoke to them, either personally, through a vision or a dream, or through a prophetic word, or even in church during preaching, you heard, us, heard something, you receive it by faith. You know, very interesting story. Somebody was sharing a testimony with me early this year. I was praying for somebody, and I was giving her a prophecy in the church that she's going to travel out of the country. God is going to open a door for her to travel out of the country. And another family that have been believing God to leave Ghana, they heard what I said to the sister at the miracle service, and they also receive it by faith. And the people who receive it by faith, they got their working visas to UK. In fact, as I'm talking now, the man is in UK because of the prophecy I gave somebody. Thank God the lady I gave the prophecy also has finally got a working visa, I think uh, two weeks ago or a week ago. But the person who re received the prophecy by faith, God if earlier, in fact, has moved out of Ghana. <laughs> Prophecy works. Now, today, I want to show you that sometimes there are certain things that can hinder the prompt fulfillment of a prophetic word. One of them is unbelief. Unbelief. That means doubting what God has said. Now, God will never tell you something that is easy to believe. Then it's not God. Are you with me? All right. So if somebody meets me now and says, God is going to use you around the world to preach the gospel. Is it a prophecy? It's not a prophecy. Because it's easy to see me now and say that. Are you getting me? Yeah. But when you met me 20 years ago, in a very remote village, preaching from village to village, riding bicycle from village to village, preaching to people, 
We need, then if then God said you would travel around the world, that's prophecy. Because that one is difficult to believe. Because by the time you look at the person they are giving the prophecy, and the situation, the first question that it goes to your mind is, how? Yeah. So prophecy is always difficult to believe, if it's truly a prophetic word. I mean, if it's truly a prophetic word, it's difficult to believe. You know, somebody was sharing a testimony with me last week about how she was so confused about certain things I said to her at Miracle Set, because at one time I said she was going to get a job, another time I said you are leaving Ghana, and at that time she was not even working. So, like, everything is just uh, chaotic. Unbelief, unbelief. I remember, like, two years ago, I gave uh, Brother Francis a prophecy. I said, your company is going to fold up. I was working in a very good company, and he had no idea there was any problems. Everything was fine. I told him in July, during our 40 days of fasting, I said, your company is going to close down. But don't worry, God said, I'll give you a business, and you'll be fine. God will introduce you to that business from a colleague at work. His most difficult challenge is that nobody liked him at work. Nobody liked him at work. So the, the most difficult part of the prophecy is that it is from the workplace, a colleague at work, he looked through it, there's nobody here who can. By the end of that year, they could just call for a meeting, and it's a foreign company. They said, um, we are leaving Ghana, we are closing up. And the, as I'm talking, the company has closed down. But one of the white men in the company called him, only him, out of all the employees, called him. And the rest is history. He's running his own business. He's running his own business. God is wonderful. I said, God is wonderful. You know? But unbelief. The Bible said in the book of 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3, that Elijah said, tomorrow about this time. Tomorrow about this time. Somebody said, tomorrow about this time. Tomorrow. Seven years of famine will be over. Food will be abandoned. Everybody, the poorest of the poor will have. It is like a prophet rising in Ghana today and said, um, tomorrow morning, dollar will be one city. Charlie. <laughs> How many of you will not question that kind of prophecy? That is exactly what Elisha did. Inflation was high. No money. Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. That says the Lord. Tomorrow, about this time. And verse 2, one of the assistants of the king. I'm sure he was the finance minister or something. I don't think it was the finance minister. Maybe he's the finance minister. Because... He was analyzing inflation rates, debt to GDP ratio, interest uh, rates, uh, which other figures that we used to hearing. You know, exchange rate, everything, all the rates. He was analyzing, and he said, no, this prophet doesn't even have an idea what he's talking about. He's just here in this room praying, and he thinks he can say anything anyhow. He said, look, if the Lord will make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And the prophet said to him, in fact, you will see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. The prophecy you doubt is the prophecy you can never enjoy. The prophecy you doubt is the prophecy you can never enjoy. Anytime you hear something and you doubt it, you disbelieve it. You will never enjoy it. But when you hear a prophecy, even if it was not spoken to you, to somebody, and you believe it, it can happen in your life. I'm just sharing a testimony of a sister in the church. She and the husband, they heard me prophesying to another person. And they said, oh, but this is what we have also been praying about. You know, for God to 
prove that what I said is of God. The sister who believed, who was sitting in the congregation and received it, the husband has got a working visa to the UK. As something now he's started working. Are you getting me? The sister gave the prophecy also has got a working visa with job waiting. Not that you are not going to go there and now be going up and down looking for papers and now a working visa. I'm saying these things because I believe that so much can happen in our life if we understand how to take advantage of atmosphere. Amen. So the first one is unbelief. The second is despising the prophecy. First Thessalonians 5, verse 20. You know, there are people who go to church, all they do is mockeries. They mock everything happening. What does it say? First Thessalonians 5, 20, verse 20, it says what? Do not... That means we can despise prophecies. That means you can hear prophecies and despise it. Yeah, you treat it like a joke. You say, oh, this pastor is very excited. He's just coming... He feels we are, the economy is hard on us and things are difficult, so he wants to just encourage us and, you know, make us happy. Yeah, ministry is not entertainment. Yeah, ministry is about changing lives. Ministry is about changing lives. Yeah, so anybody that knows his work well in this ministry is not supposed to be trying to find ways to make people happy. Because when you make people happy, the problem is still there. Entertainment doesn't change anybody's life. It only gives you temporary relief. It takes off your stress. You're happy for a while, but you wake up the following morning, and hey, problem is still there. But prophecy is about change. Somebody say change. Yeah, people despise prophecy. Another way you despise prophecy is, as a man is speaking, you are thinking. No, somebody told him. I'm sure it's Sister Susan and so who told Pastor this thing. You don't believe in the authenticity of the source of the prophecy. Yeah. There are many times I've told people things I can just tell that they are just wondering. Especially if it's something personal. So they'll be wondering, who told, who told, how many people did I tell you? I told this, uh, no, I think maybe this person is close to pastor. Maybe he told pastor something. Sometimes people say, oh, no, because of what happened last time, and then the other week, and the other time, that pastor just planned to come and say this thing because he wanted to deal with this or that or that. So instead of listening to what God is saying, you are busy trying to analyze how did he come about this thing? But while you are busy despising what God has said, somebody else is serious receiving the prophecy. Somebody is seriously receiving the prophecy. So sometimes prophecy is hindered in the lives of people because they despise it. The third reason why prophecy sometimes doesn't manifest in people's lives is because some prophecies require human involvement. I'll give you one of it. I think in 1 Kings 17. Elijah said to the widow of Zarephath, what did Elijah say? He said, that says the Lord, the barrel of flour will not go empty and the jar of oil will not be empty until the Lord bring rain to Israel. That was the prophecy. But the prophecy also had another part. Elijah said to the widow, go and prepare the cake and bring me some first. So that prophecy required human involvement. And when you are listening to God on issues of life, listen well so that you don't assume to have heard what God has said. That's what happened to Moses. God said to Moses, go and speak to the rock. Moses thought God said, go and hit the rock. Why? Because previously God had told him to hit the rock and water came out. But this time God said, go and speak to the rock. 
So be careful you listen. When God is speaking, you listen well so that you will not end up making assumptions of, of what you think God has said, which he actually didn't say. So when God is speaking, listen, what did he say I should do for his word to come to pass in my life? What did he say I should do? Human involvement. Maybe God has told you some great things, but he told you certain things you should do and certain things you should not do, but you are still doing them. And the one he says you should do, you don't do them. That's the interesting thing about us Christians. We always love to do things God said we should not do. And we always hate to do things God said we should do. That's our problem. The biggest hindrance to miracles is that we love to do things God said we should not do. And the things God said we should do, we hate to do it. But the secret to miracles is always acting on God's instructions. Jesus' mother, Mary, she said to the servants at the wedding, you see this man, stand here and wait. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. They wanted wine. Jesus was sitting there. But between the need and the miracle, there was instruction. And tell you what, that instruction was not very pleasant. It was not something that is easy to do. Whoever fetched that water, fetched it with faith. People want wine. Jesus said, fetch the cup of water. Go and give it to the master of ceremony, the MC. Go and give it to him. And you know it is water. Could you have fetched it? He would have told him, master, excuse me, in case... In case you forgot, it's not water they want, it's wine. So I believe that guy fetched that water, he had faith. Yeah. He believed that this man is not an ordinary man. If you say water, fetch it. He fetched the water, sent it. By the time he got to the, the master of the ceremony, it was no more water in the cup. It had become wine. Between the pot and the master, the water had changed. Miracles. So the number one reason why prophecies don't get fulfilled is Unbelief, number two, despising the prophecy. Number three is failing to perform the requirements of human involvement. The last reason why prophecy sometimes doesn't get fulfilled is demonic hindrances. Sometimes if God speaks to you, you need to know Satan doesn't, is not happy. And God tells you you are about to prosper. The next likely experience of your life will be lack of money. Uh-huh. If God says you are going to get promotion at work, if you are not careful, that's the time you are going to suffer at work most. That's the time your boss will go wild on you because Satan has heard something good about to come your way and he'll fight, he'll fight you. That's why when you hear prophecy, you must know how to take it and pray with it. In fact, every prophecy is a prayer topic God is giving you. He's just showing you what he intends to do if you can pray through it. So when we, when we are praying, one of the things that we must learn to do is take what he has said to us and say, Lord, remember your word. Hallelujah. Yeah, in the book of 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1, look at it, look at it. 1 Kings 18, verse 1. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. That's God. He has done his part. He said, go and show yourself to Ahab and I'll bring rain. If you met Elijah, he would tell you it wasn't an easy road for that rain to come. Because when you hear God like that, you tell, oh, thank God, rain is finally coming. But the Bible said, um, I think from verse um, 46, thereabout, the Bible said Elijah went to climb to Mount Carmel. He went to sit on that mountain, 
put his head in between his knees. I believe Elijah was fasting and prayed for seven hours. And, and he didn't plan going to pray for seven hours. He wanted to just go and pray for the rain to come. But the interesting thing, after praying for one hour, he sent his servants to go and check. And the servant came and said, nothing. The sky, now the sky is even white. Now the sky is, is even drier than it was before. When you didn't give the prophecy, the sky was a little bit here and there. But now the thing is dry. And sometimes, if you are not fortunate to have godly people around you who have faith, when you, when you tell people the things God has told you, that's when they start reminding you. They start reminding you. And the Bible said, and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is what? Nothing. And seven times he said, go again. So that's, after another hour, he, he said to the servant, go again. And he went and came and he went and came for seven hours. Great things don't come cheap. Great, great breakthrough. They don't come easy. If you're a child of God who is lazy, you don't believe in being serious with God. You can't even fast for one day in your life. I'm telling you, you just be a survivalist. You just be surviving. You understand what is survival? At least what to eat, you have it. What you dress, you have it. But nothing more than that. Nothing more to even give to others. That's survival. But if you want to see real breakthroughs, you must understand. First Timothy 1.18. He said, this charge I commit to you, my son Timothy, according to what? The prophecies previously made concerning you that by them you may what? Wage a good warfare. Apostle Paul was telling his son, Timothy, he said, Timothy, there's a lot of prophecies that you have received. Don't sit down. Take those prophecies and do warfare. Deal with every demonic hindrance. The prophecy will tell you, this is my destiny. Amen? The a prophecy is supposed to tell you where you are is not your destination. So anything that is keeping you where you are now, you need to rebel against it in prayer and battle it. And pray your way out of it. Pray your way out of it. You remember Daniel 10, 12? The Bible said that God has sent his angel to bring Daniel blessings. But the angel told Daniel after 21 days of fasting, hey, those of you don't like fasting, Daniel fasted 21 days before the angel was able to break through and come. Some prophecies will not be fulfilled just like that because the devil is too worried about how great you will become if these prophecies should come to pass. The devil is too nervous about, hey, so this lady is also going to marry. What can we do to stop it? We need to stop it. No, 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 no. It must not happen. We need to stop it. She must not marry. She must not marry. Then they said, eh, we draw all the demons that have gone on those errands. We draw all of them. All of them go after that uh, uh, Sister Lucy. You see, I want 50 of you go after Sister Lucy. Make sure. You heard, you heard what prophecy she received? Make sure it doesn't come to pass. So suddenly you wake up one morning. It's like Satan has left everybody alone. <laughs> and then some of you, you, you keep wondering, what have I done wrong? Why do I have to be going to all this alone? It's because there's something great about you. There's something great about you. Yeah. There's something great about you. But the principalities of the kingdom resisted the angel of God for 21 days. In Isaiah 45, verse 
11, I like this scripture very, very, very much. I feel like some grace is falling on some people. He said, that says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, ask of me things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands, you command me. God said, once I give you the prophecy, use it and give me orders to perform it. Command me. Command the miracle. Yeah. When, when God has spoken, he has committed himself. He cannot deny his word. Things to come concerning my sons. That means things in the future. Ask of, so this, this, this scripture is very powerful. Ask me of things to come concerning my sons. That, so you need to be able to pray sometimes. Lord, show me things about my future. Show me things. Lord, what's happening in my life in the next five years? Show me. Because there's more to your life than how you are now. I said, there's more to your life than the way you are now. There's more to your marriage. There's more to your children. There's more to your business. Sometimes you pray and say, Lord, this business, where is it going? If it won't go forward, tell me now so that I stop and stop worrying myself. Because some of the certain things you are doing, you should stop worrying yourself. It's not going anywhere. Oh, I'm telling you. Lord, where is this, this relationship? Is it going to turn out good marriage? Ask of me things to come concerning my sons. Then the next part of this scripture says that concerning the work of my hand, that means the things I've already told you I'm going to do, you take it and use it to command me. Put a demand on God. When Jacob heard Esau was coming to, her, to meet him, he went to, he said, he told his wife, he said, tonight I don't want anybody around here. Everybody go. And then he said, Lord, remember what you told me when I lay alone with a stone as my pillow. You told me that you bless me and make me great and bring me back to my own land. This news I've heard is not good news. Do something about it. <laughs> what I'm hearing is not consistent with what you told me. Sometimes you need to tell God, what is happening in this house is not what you told me. This is not what you told me. This is not what you told me. You need, sometimes you need, to, you need to tell God, this is not what you told me about my life. The question is, has he told you something about your life? If he hasn't told you something, anything about your life, you don't have anything in the basis. Yeah, you need to tell God, this is not the kind of husband you promised me. The husband you promised me is supposed to be a very good man, but this one, oh, no, I don't like it. Do something about it. And say, oh, God will not arrest your husband. I want you to pray. Everything God has told you that has not yet happened, I want you to remind him about it. I want you to remind God. Everything he has told you that has not yet happened. Pray. Somebody say, Lord, today, I pray over my life. Remember me. And let your word and your will come to pass in my life. Somebody say, Lord, approve my life. Remember me and let your word and your will come to pass in my life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.